Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. So could Nick Foles be on his way out of Chicago and possibly to Indianapolis? Maybe he's trying to find his way there. While another quarterback in Chicago is trying to find his way up the rankings, if you know what I'm talking about. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. My name is Shea Cornette. He is Bart Scott. We're filling in for the guys this morning. Uh, and training camps are all underway. Thursday, we have a Hall of Fame game, our first preseason game oh, between the Steelers and the Cowboys. Two days, two days away. What? Two sleeps. Only two sleeps. <laughs> um, and, and so, you know, talking about quarterbacks is just what we do at this time of the year, especially when there's a rookie quarterback who is making a big statement, and that would be kind of like what Justin Fields is doing in Chicago. Mm. Yesterday, the Chicago Bears had all three quarterbacks speak to the media. Three. Three. Andy Dalton, who we all assume to be the week one starter, Justin Fields, who's their rookie quarterback and competing with Andy Dalton for the starting job. And Nick Foles also spoke to the media yesterday, which is the third string quarterback right now, but perhaps could find his way to the first string quarterback somewhere else. Maybe it's with the Jets. Maybe it's with Indianapolis. Nonetheless, um, Justin Fields has this kind of like swagger about him, despite being in a very intense quarterback competition with Andy Dalton. I don't know. Fields feels like he's feeling himself. I mean, I'm constantly growing every day. So, um, of course, you know, there's a lot of people that, you know, are anxious to see me play. But um, I think I said in my, in my last interview, you know, greatness doesn't happen overnight. You know, it's just it's a process. So, like I said before, I'm just trying to take it day by day and literally focusing on getting better and improving every day. I'm going to add this, too, and then I'm going to let you go on Justin Fields, okay, and what Chicago needs to do here. Um, yesterday, Lewis Riddick sent a very interesting tweet uh, about – um, Justin Fields and how he has been performing in Chicago. And he said, I'm not going to say how crazy good some of the things I have been told about Justin Fields, the professional, have been thus far. I don't want to hear the it's only training camp brigade puff up their chest and scream at the top of their lungs. But it has been that good, all caps, just saying. Now, I do know that Lewis Riddick has a relationship with Matt Nagy. I'm also going to throw that out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but nonetheless, all good things coming out of Chicago about their rookie quarterback, Justin Fields. Haven't heard much about Andy Dalton, who we all, including myself, has slated at the, as the week one starter. What do you think, Bart Scott? I mean, I think at some point, and we don't know if it's going to be in training camp, week one, week two, week three, week five, I don't know. At some point, you know, you think about Justin Fields, he's going to walk up to Andy Dalton, and he's going to do his best Captain Phillips movie, and he's going to say, look at me, Andy. I'm the captain now. I'm the captain now. <laughs> And Andy, it's the first one I've gotten in like two weeks. <laughs> and listen, at some point, you know, listen, it's, it's, it's one of those things, right? We all know when it's coming. We all know it's coming. And, and he knows that he's the future. And Andy Dalton knows that he's the future. It's up to Andy Dalton to hold him off for as long as he can, right? It's almost like when we knew that Fist, Fist Magic was down there and we knew Tool was coming and his time was coming. And you, some people said, well, if you're winning, why would you want to do it, right? Because you're trying to go from good to great. Because, you know, at some point, Andy Dalton can only take this offense and this team so far. You need, the, you need the intangibles that a guy like Fields brings to the team and to the offense to be able to grow it, right? He's supposed to be like the, almost like the mixture between Mitch Trubisky and, and Andy Dalton, a guy that can kill you from the pocket, but a guy that adds that ed- added dimension that makes a defense have to play 11-on-11. That's why they were probably so excited to get him because out of all the quarterbacks that were available, he's the one that can do both you know, at a high level, you know, so like you think about what he's capable of doing in the big games that he's been in, you know that he's going to have natural swagger, natural confidence, and we know that he's a leader you know, with his fight with the Who big team. Who should the Bears start week one? 
I'm going Andy Dalton, right? Because listen, you know, you can have a false sense of confidence, and I want this kid to kind of settle in and kind of feel the speed of the game because he doesn't understand OTAs one speed, right? right. Training camp another speed, preseason another speed. You're gonna see something you ain't seen before that week one as far as game preparation, well, attention and it's the to Rams. detail, right? <laughs> it's attention to detail, and it's like you know, I man, dude, I don't want my young my young rookie having to deal with Aaron Donald his first his first game. I don't want him to have to deal with the savvy savviness of a guy like Jalen Ramsey who can bait him into some bad picks. I want him to see the speed of the game. And if Andy Dalton struggles, yeah, sure, we're going to have confidence. We're going to have a tight package for you. It's going to start with something like that. You know, hopefully the Bears can get into some some blowouts where they can kind of let him get some garbage time. Or they may have a, a like an added package for him in the short yardage goal line, you know, to come down and try and take advantage of his ability to kind of be the eleven on eleven guy. And then eventually he's just going to take over, and there's nothing Andy Dog can do about it but support the young kid and teach him how to be a pro. So Sean McVay, it's interesting the Bears have the Rams week one because I'm going to compare Matt Nagy and Sean McVay here. These are two quarterback or two coaches rather that have you know forward thinking when it has come to the preseason. I know a lot of coaches across the National Football League sit their starters, but these were two of the first coaches to come out and say, "No, we ain't playing any of our starters in the preseason because we're going to rest them for mm-hmm. week one." Um, and so, with that being said, uh, again, week one is Rams and Bears. No doubt they want to leave an element of surprise. But yeah. if you're the Chicago Bears, who are you playing in the preseason as a quarterback? You got Nick Foles, who's your third stringer, who I would assume you would play in the preseason, but they are obviously looking for him to be trade bait, I would assume, especially with the right. news out of Indianapolis right. and perhaps with the Colts. Yeah, I'm playing a bubble wrap. Right. Andy Dalton, you were going to have be your week one starter, but he hasn't taken any snaps in a game as a Chicago Bear. Yeah. And then you have Justin Fields, your rookie, who you want to protect and you moved up to get. So who are you going to play? Well, you're not trying to protect Fields. You're trying to get him as much game time experience. You want to see how the young man performs with the lights on, right? You, you, what you do is you give him a very basic package and see you want him to play fast, right? You want him to step back, know where to go with his, with his passes. And he's going to see very vanilla defenses early in the preseason. And you're going to script certain things and you want him to try and grow because what happens is if the worst case scenario, if you lose Nick Foles and Andy Dalton gets hurt or struggles early on, he's going to have to play. You want to have a package for him and his unique skill set. And you also want the, the starters. You know, it's one of those things, right, where usually like the, the starting def- the starting offense, starting defense, usually only plays one series, especially the right. first series. Right. But for him, you leave him out there for Andy Dalton, but you also leave the ones out there to maybe play and extend him a little bit to protect the young quarterback as well before you transition to your backups. So you want to get him some time with the starters too because it's important for him to learn how to play the speed and understand where the starters will be in case he's forced into action early. You want him to have some chemistry. You want to have him, you know, because for the most part in camp, if he's, you know, taking in two, to the two reps, he's going with the two skill position players. So he'll have chemistry naturally with the backups or the third receiver. You want him to be able to have chemistry in that nonverbal communication with guys like Allen Robinson so you can know, you know, if he gets in the game, how he needs to proceed. I, there is not a scenario where I could see Allen Robinson playing in the preseason. For me. For me. Well, you, 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 listen, you have to kind of play him because you don't have the four weeks that you normally have to kind of get your guys ready because it's only three preseason games. Usually you go like starters go like one series, then they go like to a half, and then you want them to learn how to come out of the half with adjustments. So you play them into the first half, and then you go out, and then a week game four, you don't play anything. I well, get you it. don't have that fourth one, so you can't ramp them up. I get it. I mean, I understand. I just It's always that risk that somebody's going to get that's hurt. What I'm Somebody saying, loses like, a starter every every, every preseason. preseason. But that's why can, I know Nagy has taken like a very conservative approach to this. And that's why I just I can't see a scenario where he is toting out especially his number one receiver 
who does everything for well, that offense. Well, you you have to. You can't protect everybody. The roster isn't that big. It isn't college. So, yeah, yeah I know you're, you're thinking with your Chicago Bears heart, right? And you don't <laughs> want to see the season tank before you get there. You already have to deal right. with A.A. Ron saying he's 100% all right, in. Don't, don't do, do all that. You're doing too much now. See? A.A. Ron? A.A. <laughs> this is Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. Shea Cornette and Bart Scott filling in for the guys this morning. NBA free agency is off to a wild I mean a wild start um have one title contender still searching for anyone who will say yes I think I think they do that's next on Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin on your smart speakers by saying play ESPN radio Chris Paul staying put in Phoenix Lonzo Ball going to Chicago in a sign and trade yeah so the Chicago Bulls obviously with the major splash with Lonzo Ball and they are not done Knicks keeping Derek Rose and Nerlens Noel and adding Evan Fournier this is Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Yayo, I get it. <laughs> Yo. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin here with you. Shay Cornett and Bart Scott hanging in for the guys. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline, and that's where we're going to go right now. Brian Windhorse is there, ESPN NBA insider, coming to us. From Tokyo. 8 o'clock, right? You're about right. About 8.15. Are we right on that, Wendy? It's about 8.15 there, right? That's right. Look you've at got us. You've got to figure it out better than I do. <laughs> <laughs> it only took us about a week, but here we are. Um, okay, yesterday, Team USA. Um, sluggish start, but they beat Spain 95-85. to Kevin Durant, team high 29 points. And so the question is, at this point, I know they started off slow, but has Team USA figured it out? What kind of confidence are we in now? Yeah, I mean, they've played parts of the last two games just brilliantly. Um, You know, they've not started these games well. And one of the things that you're noticing is these teams are, you know, these are elimination games for these teams. And they are coming out with, you know, just like you would in an NCAA tournament game. I mean, today's game, Ricky Rubio was absolutely at full go from the tip-off. He had 38 points, the most points anybody's ever scored against Americans in the Olympics, and the and the U.S. wasn't ready for that intensity, so they're going to have to improve that. But once they've gotten their feet under them the last few games, they have just so much offensive firepower, and Durant is getting hot. And so when they're playing at their their level, they're they're going to win. But they just don't have as much margin for error as they seem to think they have in these games. Now you think about maybe who poses the, the bigger threat, Team Australia or Team Argentina? You always told us about Patty Mills and how great he is. Yeah. Well, I just – look, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. I just cannot see Argentina beating Australia. They're playing in a short time here. I think it's going to be Australia. 
And just to give you some background, Australia has finished fourth in major competitions, the Olympics and the World Cup, four times in the last, like, 17, 18 years. Four times they've been in the semifinals and lost. Four times in the bronze medal game and lost. They've beaten the U.S. the last few times they've played them, including in Vegas a couple of weeks ago. They have been gearing up for this game for years. And the strange thing about this is I, I cannot really, really find anything to equate to this. But on one hand, Greg Popovich is going to be preparing for Patrick Mills. Patty Mills has been one of the best players in the tournament so far. So he's doing his scouting report preparing. But Patty Mills is a Spurs free agent right now. So he is also recruiting him and negotiating with him to bring him back to the Spurs, and other teams are trying to steal him away. I talked to Pop a little bit about this uh, after the game today, and he's like, I, I've barely slept, I've barely eaten, because the Spurs had $50 million in cap space. So he's wearing two hats, and especially with Patty Mills. It's, it's a, such a strange situation, I can't even find a parallel. That is a very strange situation. We're talking to Brian Windhorst right now. He's their ESPN NBA insider. He's coming to us from Tokyo. And while we touched on the men's team there and what is going on, especially with Greg Popovich as well, let's go to free agency now because I got to give you credit, Wendy. Yesterday you were on with us and you said before the, the free agency even started last night, you said everything was pretty much settled and it felt like once it started at 6 p.m., you're right, everything kind of started rolling in to be official. Was there anything that happened in free agency last night that surprised you? Well, I was kind of surprised by the decisions that the Knicks made. Um, they really brought back the team and they're paying them a lot more money. Um, and de- probably the most surprising contract is Derrick Rose getting $14 million a year over three years. Now, we haven't seen all of the details on that and whether it's fully guaranteed. Um, they did go out and sign Evan Fournier. Evan Fournier uh, led the French to a victory today and uh, said he wanted to resign with the Celtics. Celtics apparently didn't want him, and so he moved on to the Knicks. But the Knicks just sort of spent a lot of money and only maybe marginally got better. And that comes a couple of days after the draft where they traded back in the first round two times. And so they had all this momentum, and look, they, they didn't have a free agent that they could land. It wasn't like uh, Kyle Lowry was ready to come or or, you know, but they just didn't. They just sort of were blah. And maybe it works out. They overachieved last year. But I thought they were at the precipice of leaping forward. And I'm just not blown away by their, by their free agent period. Interesting. So when you look at you know, some of the moves yesterday, what team got exponentially better yesterday? Well, I mean, the Bulls are, going, are, are, are swinging hard here. You know, they, they went after Alonzo Ball, paid him a really big salary, $85 million. Um, and then they went out and signed Alex Caruso to be uh, a quality, uh, you know, they wanted him to do what he did for the Lakers, which was to play both guard positions off the bench. And I am told they are still trying to make DeMar DeRozan happen, which, is a, which would be a sign-and-trade where they would send Lowry Markin into San Antonio and then DeMar DeRozan would come back in a double sign-and-trade to Chicago. Now, that sounds complicated because it is, but if the Bulls are able to pull that off, that's a, a pretty big influx of talent. Um, and then you have the Stop Miami smoking. Heat and L.A. Lakers in a, in a mad scramble for minimum players. The, the, the Lakers <laughs> may need to sign up to nine minimum guys, and I know that they've added some guys already, guys like Trevor Ariza, Dwight Howard, um, Kent Bazemore. Well, the Heat are going to have to sign seven of them. So if any player is out there who's a free agent and, is, and can be gotten for the minimum, I promise they've got the Lakers on line one and the Heat on line two 
so far the Lakers are getting guys, but there's some, some guys out there that we're going to have some competition for, and it's going to get interesting. What's going to be the average age of the Lakers squad? Like 35? I mean, you talk about maybe Iggy, Iggy coming out there. You know, they're bringing Dwight Howard back. They're, they seem like they're putting the band back together, but where are they going to get the youth and minutes in this roster? Yeah, I mean, look, I, the Lakers are trying something that most teams would not try. Um, they, are, they are going against the grain. They are not playing the, the, the type of basketball here that so many teams are playing. And maybe it's going to work. I'm really hesitant to brand this uh, too reckless of a decision. But it is a real roll of the dice. And, and, you know, the understanding that I have is, like, this is what LeBron and Anthony Davis want. They, they want guys that they're close with, they have a comfort level with, and they're going to try to put together a team. And they say in the NBA, you win with men and not boys. I mean, that is proven uh, year over year. But it's nice to have a couple of boys around. <laughs> uh, talking to Brian Windhorst right now, our ESPN NBA insider. Uh, you mentioned the Bulls, and I'm sorry I'm not going to tuck in my Chicago. I'm going <laughs> to ask a few questions here. Yesterday, or maybe the day before, you had written that Zach Levine just wants respect in his next contract. And, and that could be coming up. He's due for an extension, I believe, this offseason. And so with the moves that they made, are they able to give him that respect that he wants there in Chicago? Not right now. So Zach is in an unusual situation in that he, he can sign an extension. He's got one year left. But his contract doesn't allow him to sign an extension at market value. So to break it down for you, he could sign a four-year extension, just like Jimmy Butler is about to do with the Miami Heat. But he could only sign it for about $105 million. I know that sounds like a lot of money. And uh, it sounds like really a good deal for him, but it's actually well below his market value. He probably could get around, you know, 150 to, to 200 on the open market. So it doesn't make sense for him to sign that. So the only way the Bulls can get him to extend right now is to use salary cap space to give him a raise. This is very, very rare, but it is legal to give him a raise on this year's contract give him more money this year, and then build a new salary off of that higher contract number. This happens maybe once every three to five years in the NBA. To do that, you need salary cap space. And the Bulls are out there spending money, not clearing cap space. So what they're going to try to do, obviously, here is bring players in that increases their uh, competitive level and make Zach want to stay. I, I, I think it's, it's not impossible, but it's going to be hard for them to dump money to create space at this point. Interesting. Lastly here, Wendy, before we let you go, do you expect to see any moves this morning, later on today? What else is there? There's a couple of things that are still out there. Uh, you know, I mentioned DeMar DeRozan. He is still uh, hanging out there. I mentioned uh, Lowry Markkinen. Um, keep an eye on Kelly Oubre, who is still um, one of the bigger name free agents out there. The New York Knicks have some interest in him, from what I am told. And then we still have Kawhi Leonard. Um, I mean, all the cap space has pretty much been used. So I think everything points to him remaining with the Clippers, likely on a one-year deal plus a player option. But until it's done, I'm not assuming it. And then, like I said, the battle royale for minimum contract players between the Heat and the Lakers. That's, that's going on as we speak. Interesting stuff. All right, that's Brian Windhorst. Sweet our ESPN Lou, who got the best wings, NBA baby. NBA insider coming to us from Tokyo. Thank you, Wendy. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Interesting stuff from Brian Windhorst. I mean, Kawhi Leonard remains a mystery. No matter what year, no matter what team, no matter what free agency, no one ever knows what, we, what he's going to do. But I think 
he's right. I mean, yesterday we saw the chips fall with with the bigger names in free agency, and right. he's at the top of the list. And at this point, you'd assume all the money has kind of been taken up, and so he likely stays with the Clips. Wouldn't you assume that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, a no-brainer. I think if he would have won a championship, then – I think we would have tried to figure out where he was going. But the fact that, you know, he went there for a reason. He recruited Paul George. I think he wants to see it through. And I think, you know, the Clippers may benefit from the injury because I think they're going to get him long term, you know, and get him to sign up probably in his career, probably with the Clippers. And I'll be, I mean, when does he come back? That remains to be seen. Like if he was yeah, going that's to, interesting. you yeah. know, like there's a lot of question marks, I think, with him and this Clippers team. I forget, and maybe others do, and maybe you don't. I mean, this is a guy who's won two chips with two different teams. Like he wins a third with the Clippers, who has yeah. been like the little brother of the Lakers, it feels like, forever. I mean, yeah. his legacy is Hard to touch. Yeah, rarefied air. Bring the first, you know, championship, you know, North American championship in basketball to Canada. Yeah. I mean, I think he was the underdog and, you know, the unlikely MVP when he won with the Spurs. And if he can get one there, it's going to put him in that rarefied air with LeBron James, who have won three titles with three different organizations. You know, and and if he wins one, he has an opportunity to kind of be like the, you know, the the, uh, curse killer, right? Because, I mean, it feels feels like the Clippers are snake bitten. Um, you know, but you know he's been able to do it everywhere he's gone, and you know they're going to be competitive. You know, it just it, to me, it depends on if Serge Ibaka, you know, who he recruited there too. Mm-hmm. So I think he didn't want. I don't think he wants to. You know, bring Paul George in, ask you know um, Serge Ibaka what to do, baby. You know what I mean? And then leave him you know, high and dry. I think he has a little bit more loyalty than that. And then I liked that uh, Wendy said DeMar DeRozan could be going to the Bulls. Look at my Bulls making some moves. Uh-huh. Maybe, maybe not. Well, what are they going to do with Laurie Marketing? Like, you know what I mean? Sign and trade him, like you said, in a three-way deal, and they're going to bring DeMar DeRozan. It's interesting. He, I mean, he threw cold water on there, all the things that the Knicks have done. You know, I, I believe that the Knicks are maybe in the running for DeMar DeRozan as well. Yeah. Let's see what they're willing to do. I think that, you know, even bringing, you know, uh, Derrick Rose back was really Thibodeau's way of saying, you know what, we're going to reward you for all the hard work and need. Of course, this is you know, guy. Yeah, you, and you gave us more than what we thought, what we anticipated totally. last year. So, listen, we're going to get this to you, and if it ever, this contract ever gets bad, we'll be able to move it for you, but we're going to make sure we put some cheese on your taco. And me, you always use that analogy. <laughs> There's a lot of good tacos that don't have cheese, though. It should be like cheese on the burger, not good burgers without cheese. cheese. Really quick, back to the Knicks, though. We remember hearing Stephen A. Smith saying earlier that if Damian Lillard doesn't stay in Portland, which is what he wants well, to do. Well, he, he said that on um, Barton Hound, which is a good show. Um, you can tune in, um, you know, 12 o'clock Eastern you know, if you, if you want to. He did say that. He did say that. Um, but I'll tell you what alert I didn't get yesterday is any moves Portland made. So perhaps he is on his way out, and Stephen A. says he could be going to the Knicks. So maybe they didn't make a big splash yesterday, but my goodness, would that be a splash? Oh, man, that would be a seismic shift right there. I I would drive R.J. Barry to the airport myself. Yeah, we'll have more on that at at 8 o'clock Eastern, by the way. All right, why one former Colts quarterback thinks they are built to withstand the major injury that happened to their current quarterback. That's after SportsCenter. So after a sluggish start, Team USA Basketball beat Spain 95-81 to thanks to a team-high 29-point performance from Kevin Durant. USA improved to 13-0 all-time head-to-head against Spain in the Olympics and will now face the winner of Australia and Argentina in the semifinals on Thursday. USA shot 63% in the second half after shooting only 38% in the first half. They trailed by as many as 10 points. Ricky Rubio had 38 points, the most by any Spanish player in the Olympics history, and the most all-time 
against the United States in Olympic history. Simone Biles takes bronze in the balance beam final. Biles returned to the competition floor this morning after she withdrew from the women's team final and other individual events to focus on her mental health. Biles also won the bronze medal on the balance beam at the 2016 Games in Rio. It was the seventh medal of Biles' Olympic career and second in Tokyo, matching Shannon Miller for the most by any athlete, male or female, in gymnastics in Team USA history. Day one of NBA free agency is in the books with over $1.5 billion spent in the first six hours alone, and that is excluding extensions to Jimmy Butler, Trey Young, and Shea Gildas-Alexander. Other notable deals included Kyle Lowry signing with the Heat, Chris Paul staying with the Suns, Mike Conley remaining in Utah, and Lonzo Ball joining the Bulls. Sports Center is brought to you by California Almonds. Country versus country, you versus the home printer. No matter the competition, you need natural fuel. Almonds are exactly that fuel for the, for you. Almonds are natural, energy-packed, stay-on-task, feel-good fuel to power you through. California Almonds own your every day, every day. Mm. Oh, yes. Not a good morning to wake up if you're an Indianapolis Colts fan because the issue at quarterback, it is real. It is very real. Good morning to you. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests will join us on the Goodyear Hotline. My name is Jay Cornette. He is Bart Scott. We're filling in for the guys this morning. And let's go to that Goodyear Hotline, shall we? Because Dan Orlowski is there, ESPN football analyst. Good morning to you, Dan. Um, brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more <laughs> driven. Okay. Like how you healed just... up, Dan. Like how you healed up, baby. That skin looking good. Got that vitamin E and that aloe on that sunburn, baby. You looking good, not nah, baby. Um, he just likes to hype up our guests before we get going here, Dan, okay? Uh, Let's start with Carson Wentz's health. Of course, that is the main story this morning out of Indianapolis. How concerned are you? Not ideal, right? Like, we understand that this is not ideal. Concern is something for me that is still relatively calm. Uh, I think for a couple reasons. Number one, is it closer to five weeks or is it closer to 12 weeks? Because, like, the reality is everybody is reacting like this is a 12-week thing. You know, Carson Wentz is going to make six games. We don't know that. And patience is still okay. And if it's closer to five, six weeks, he might miss a game or two, maybe three games. And then if that's the case, I'm going to live in the world where, because when I hear Frank Reich talk about this injury, he's like, well, we could have rested it. And then if he rested, he'd probably be able to play in a couple weeks. But the risk of it re-showing itself or, or coming back in the middle of the season was there. So like that tells me that this isn't a performance hindering injury it is a pain tolerance thing and so that's why I'm I'm leaning closer to that five week world six seven weeks he's going to miss a couple games if that's the case then the next question becomes what does Jacob Easton look like their fourth round pick out of Washington last year who's got this massive arm because Shay the reality is if you were just taking this as like a blind resume situation you said where is a good place for a young quarterback to go in and have to go play some games Indy would be very much so at the top of the list. Mm -hmm. Great offensive line. Why does that matter? Quarterbacks don't have to play crazy fast. Great running game. Why does that matter? Because then I could turn around at least we're we're dual dimensional. We we have two options to do Mm -hmm. with either throw or pass. Great defense. I don't have to have the pressure of having to go score 30 30 to 40 points a game and, and to try to go win. Good skill position players and great coaching. Like that is the ideal situation for a young quarterback to go and play. And if Jacob Eason seems capable and he can go play for a couple games and steal a win before Carson Wentz gets healthy, then this is just a, a, a this is no panic 
And I think everyone, like, patience matters here in this situation. See, for me, Dan, patience isn't a virtue in this situation, and here's why, right? Because you know that potentially if this is closer to the 12 weeks, we know he's Mr. Glass. He's always hurt, right? And if it's closer to the 12-week or even if it's closer to somewhere in the middle, right, your, your potential solution could be gone, right? Because we know we don't anticipate that the Jets are going to go into the season with who they have on the roster as a backup. So you know the bid for Nick Foles is going to heat up in a couple of weeks, and you know that Nick Foles isn't going to be on the roster with Chicago. It's only a matter of time before they deal him. And they're probably going to do the respectful thing for every veteran that you have respect for. That's to let him go early so he can find a place where he has his best opportunity. The problem is, like, you need for, for all the things that you said, a great running game, uh, uh, a great offensive line, for, for a young quarterback to be successful is all true when you have a marginal opponent. But you don't anticipate them against their first five games against a guy yeah. like Russ and how Russ is going to cook. The Rams, who are considered maybe a Super Bowl contender. Then you go to Tennessee within your division. That's a game that counts for a game and a half. And then you go to week four. four. Miami Dolphins is, is supposed to be a playoff team. And week five, the Baltimore Ravens. You can't go into the month of September in October, you know, one and four. That's going to put you in a hole that you may not be able to dig yourself out of when Carson Wentz gets back. And what what what? why I would go with Nick Foles, just for security. I, I never anticipate getting in a car accident, but I got car insurance, right, because just in case. So you need Nick Foles, I believe, just in case, the worst-case scenario, because what you don't want is a guy like Carson Wentz to come back too early or feel the pressure, because now we're, we're talking about his toughness, right? And, and I hate when coaches say, hey, well, it's about pain tolerance and how tough he is, because I feel like if it goes bad, you're going to put too much pressure on Carson Wentz because he's on a new team trying to earn the respect of his teammates, and you know you usually do that by showing how tough you are, but it's going to put itself and make him vulnerable because this thing and this season is going to be a marathon not a sprint so you want a healthy Carson Wentz late in the season not early in the season if you can have a guy like Nick Foles that can just maybe get you two wins in those first five I think you'll give Carson Wentz a chance to come back when he's truly ready to play and not feel the pressure of Nick Pass. Yeah, Bart, I think you bring up some really like good points and fair points. Um, I think I disagree with you a little bit on the toughness thing. I actually think that Carson Wentz has to prove to this organization and in many ways kind of owes it to them that toughness is going to be a part of him. Like, and, and, and that's kind of been something that's held him back with those injuries. But they stuck their neck out there a little bit for him to go get him this year, Chris Ballard and Frank Reich. Like, you, you, I, I feel like the toughness has got to be something like, hey, I got to go play with a little bit of discomfort and pain here. As long as they say that is not attached to this injury and making it any type of worse situation after you come back post-rehab. And I do think he has to go do that because of this injury. Um, I, I, like... The Nick Foles thing for me is this. To go get Nick Foles right now is a panic move. We don't know. They said two to three weeks to figure out exactly what the time frame is going to be. After the surgery happens, give it two or three weeks to rest, and then the rehab starts, and they'll have a much greater idea if it's going to be closer to five or six weeks or 12. To go get Nick today means that you are just like, uh, like thinking worst-case scenario. Mm-hmm. I get the insurance thing. Nick Foles is the greatest backup quarterback in the history of the NFL in my eyes, okay? Incredible career. He couldn't beat out Gardner Minshew mm-hmm. and Mitchell Trubisky in the last two years. So, like, are we thinking that the Colts, with that first five-game stretch, are going to go three and two? With Nick, who couldn't beat out Gardner and Mitch, yeah. not, at least not convincingly. Like, I'm not, I'm not sitting here thinking that. 
And that's why I say, like, what happens if Jacob Eason, again, Jacob Eason is this big, strong-armed dude who was a fourth-round pick last year. What happens if he isn't that much different than what you think you're going to get out of Nick Foles? And Nick Foles is going to cost you a draft pick and $10 million over the next two years. But, I mean, it's, it's, only, it's only four million. Listen, and we all know that Nick Foles is like wine, right? He's great in moderation, right? He's never good going into the season Speak being a guy. Speak for yourself on the wine. He's never good being a guy. my four kids, but okay. <laughs> he, you know, Nick is never good being the guy. But coming in and being able to play fast, and he'll give you the confidence that you need within that locker room. And really, $4 million costs you nothing. We talk about the Colts are one of the teams that have more salary cap space than anybody. I just think that's a lot of pressure to put on a guy like Eason going against those defenses early in the totally. season. If I go against a guy like that, that's barbecue chicken. Okay. I mean, you talk about you can ruin a guy before it even gets started. Okay, so I'm going to build off of this. By the way, we're talking to Dan Orlaska right now, ESPN football analyst here on the Goodyear Hotline. This is Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin, Shea Cornette and Bart Scott filling in for the guys. I'm staying with this Nick Foles conversation because obviously you know Carson Wentz, Nick Foles, this whole scenario better than anyone. I heard you say something interesting yesterday on NFL Live and I want to revisit it. So, it, yes, it does feel kind of like a panic button, right? Like it seems like worst case scenario. That I will agree with you on, Dan. But in terms of what what this does then for Carson Wentz and his psyche. Okay. Like it, yeah. it, it is very easy for us to look on both sides. This is good because Nick Foles knows Frank Reich's offense and he's familiar with that system. But is it bad for a guy like Carson Wentz in terms of his psyche and what he's trying to overcome from last year in Philadelphia? Absolutely. I'm, I'm not even like entertaining bringing in Nick Foles oh, to wow. Indy because of that. And I said it on NFL Live yesterday, and I was like, as you said, Chetty, and I knew people were going to bust on me about it, but I do think it's a fair conversation of going, do we even want to, like, if you're the Colts and you go, well, you know, we are a little concerned, there, that has to be a part of your conversation. Like, is Nick Foles, is, is bringing Nick Foles or Marcus Moriota or Gardner Minshew or somebody, is it bringing it, them in here beneficial for us when it comes to Carson Wentz's mindset? Because whatever anybody wants to say, they are still in a process of rebuilding the mental aspect of him, the self-confidence and getting rid of the doubt and the, the self-belief. They are in that process of rebuilding that. And if you go get Nick Foles or a Marcus or somebody like that, I feel right now you're doing what the Eagles did to Carson when they drafted Jalen Hurts. And listen, yeah. people at home, you could tell me toughen up. You could tell me not stop being soft. Yes. You're, whatever. Yes. Okay? That is, it is, uh, that is a part of an athlete's journey. It is a part of the journey. Self-doubt, confidence, all those things. And they are rebuilding Carson Wentz's right now. You can't do it on the field until you get a good, into a good space off the field. And if they go get Nick Foles, I feel like right now, because Chris Ballard, their general manager, has said, we got to go find our young quarterback for the future. Not just for like 2021, but for the future. Yeah. If they went and got Nick Foles, you are basically ending the Carson Wentz Wow. Experience. Dan, this is Very confirmation. Dan, this is confirmation. I always thought y'all quarterbacks was divas and weak-minded. You tell me that he can't beat out Nick Foles who couldn't beat out Gardner Minshew. Okay. So he's supposed to be mentally tougher than that. This dude's ready to fold a temp. I had to compete with everybody. Bart. They drafted my replacement every damn year, Dan. You Bart. guys are so soft. Bart, linebacker, Jordan Hicks, 
Arizona Cardinals was upset that they drafted Zayvon Collins and their general manager told him, you're not good enough to compete for the starting job anymore. So he requested a trade. So are you here telling me that you linebackers are all divas because you can't beat out certain people? No, we always ready for the smoke, baby. I, I was ready. Draft whoever you want, Thunder Dan. <laughs> okay. I'm not, listen, I'm not We got to go, like, Dan. We got a hard out. <laughs> Evan's in my ear. He's complaining. He's telling us we got to go. But you no, just Evan confirmed for me that you down. guys were soft. Okay, uh, Dan, we could talk about this all day. And maybe we will actually continue to talk about this all day. Dan Orlowski, our ESPN football analyst. Thank you for the insight this morning. We appreciate it. We need to have Bart eat something other than barbecued chicken. <laughs> He's only had two coffees today, too, so we're going out. I'm all jacked up on Mountain Dew. I'm going to come at you like a spider monkey. (laughs) Goodbye, Dan. See you later. All right, Biles is back with the bronze on the beam. That's next. This is KJZ on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Simone Biles, you could argue, has had to show dedication to her sport in a way that few other athletes will ever comprehend. That five-and-a-half-hour wait or something, I was just like shaking, could barely nap. I've just never felt like this going into a competition before. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Simone Biles was back this morning in Tokyo and in a big way. This is Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. I'm Shay Cornette. He is Bart Scott filling in for the guys this morning. And so Simone Biles took bronze in the balance beam final. That was earlier this morning, this morning in Tokyo. Biles returned to the competition floor after she withdrew from the women's team final and other individual events, if you remember, to focus on her mental health. And then after she won the bronze, she had this to say. It's been a very long week, a very long five years. I didn't expect to medal today. I just wanted to go out and do it for me, and that's what I did. It definitely feels more special, this bronze, than the balance beam bronze at Rio. I will cherish it for a long time. Again, that was Simone Biles after she um, participated in the balance beam finals and won bronze. And by the way, these Summer Games news and notes are brought to you by California Almonds, representing your country or representing your trivia team. Almonds are natural fuel for the best you. California Almonds own your every day, every day. And so for more on Simone Biles, let's bring in Dominique Dawes. She's a four-time gymnastics Olympic medalist. Good morning to you, Dominique. 
Thanks for being with us. So I just um, read you the quote by Simone Biles. I can't hear her. Oh, she can't hear me. So hopefully she can hear me here in a minute. But in the meantime, Dominique, obviously very good at her sport, a four-time Olympic medalist, rather. Mm -hmm. And I know she has a very interesting take on what is going on with Simone Biles, and hopefully we will get that in a minute. And so, Dominique, if you can hear me, just let me know as I'm going to continue to ramble on here. You can hear me. Okay, great. So you didn't hear the quote. Um, but nonetheless, what I'm going to paraphrase here, what Simone said after winning uh, the, the bronze medal this morning on the balance beam was essentially that she will cherish this one because it feels different than it did in Rio because of everything that she has gone through. And so what is your reaction to yep. that and the way her performance was this morning after everything she's been through over the last week? I have been up since four o'clock in the morning, not solely because of Simone Biles, but one of my twins woke me up and then I stayed up and had an opportunity to be this mama bear and want to be extremely protective of Simone Biles. And she looked cool, calm and confident. She had a smile on her face, definitely relieved. And she really needed to get out there and perform to get this monkey off her back. It would have I remember chatting with my husband days ago about this, and I remember saying she needs to get out there and just do something uh, because it would just linger and linger for many years to come. And I'm just relieved. She earned a bronze medal. She's not going to judge herself and wish that she was on top of the podium because really she faced her fears, and I'm so proud of her. You know, have you ever experienced the yips, and what does that look like for a gymnast, and how dangerous is it physically? Oh, I went through so many mental blocks in the sport of gymnastics. And thankfully for me, it was never public. It was something that I struggled with behind the scenes. I was seen as a very emotional and mental gymnast because I would always overanalyze and overthink a situation. It's very hard to overcome. And I couldn't imagine having to overcome that at an Olympic Games. But she did it. She ended up doing a double pike uh, dismount off the beam, which is what I think she would uh, would have done because she didn't have to worry about twisting. But she looked phenomenal. She was out there, positive, beaming, and standing on that podium, probably prouder than ever, even prouder than her Olympic gold medals that she's earned. Talking to Dominique Dawes right now. She's a four-time gymnastics Olympic medalist. And I want to go back to something you just said in terms of her overcoming this, you know, the twisties and whatnot, and and going out and performing on the balance beam earlier this morning. And now she can carry that with her as opposed to what was kind of lingering beforehand. How do you think she was able to overcome this in such a short amount of time, really? Well, she was able to overcome it by not doing it. I mean, she didn't have to worry about facing the twisties by not twisting. If you look at her beam performance, there was not one twist other than her wolf turns on the beam. So that was the biggest concern is, was she going to do a watered down full end discount or a double double, which is extremely difficult. However, she did a double pike and that's how she was able to face that fear to really get rid of, you know, any looming concerns about mental health or physical health. She knew she could do a double pike in her sleep. It's probably something she learned when she was eight years old, even. You know, I always tell people that athletes die two deaths. What advice would you give her uh, when she has to make this transition as, you know, those are another mental hurdles that all athletes have to deal with. And how did you deal with it, you know, making a transition to almost going from being a superhero to kind of being a civilian over again? Oh, I love being a civilian all over again. But the thing is, think about when we start the sport of gymnastics. We start when we're very, very young. I started when I was six. I'm sure Simone started around that same age. And her whole life and identity has been caught up in being a gymnast and Olympian. And what's next for her? Only Simone can write that next chapter in her book. But the advice that I would give her is 
Um, it's so much sweeter when you move on in life and you get married and you have children. Your life will become very full and full of a lot of joy and happiness. And these Olympic memories and moments will just be another chapter in this amazing girl's book. Uh, but I can see her doing so much more and so much more is going to be, I think, having her own family someday. Wow. Interesting stuff. All right. Dominique Dodge, she's a four-time gymnastics Olympic medalist. She's joining us this morning here on KJZ, giving us the latest on Simone Biles and what she was able to overcome this morning. Thank you, Dominique. We appreciate the time. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. See you later. Um, Dominique doing the most. You know, she was up early with her kids. She's got twins up early watching. Oh, you know something about that. Watching Simone Biles. I'm not twins, man. I don't even know how to oh, yeah, relate. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah I would have told Sim- my wife to pick one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on, it's too much work. But watching Simone Biles, as she said at her best, like kind of like a mother bear, you know, like the amount of things this this woman has gone through over the past couple of days, and then she was able to get on the balance beam this morning. And I thought Dominique put it in in simpler terms for you and I, who obviously don't know as much about gymnastics. Like she was over able to overcome this because she simplified it essentially. Like in football terms, it's simplifying the offense. Like and, and then you go out and you don't overthink it as much, and then you can carry this medal, this bronze along with you, as opposed to the mental break down or whatever it was that she yeah. was carrying with her before. And she was able to get closure. She was able to say, I, yeah. over, I overcame it. Right. And I wonder what that, that bronze medal probably is going to stand out as one of her greatest medals because it showed her mental toughness and fortitude. Yeah, and for sure. And the Tokyo Olympics continuing to impress, no doubt. And so we are uh, saying congratulations from the U.S. to Simone Biles in Tokyo as she does come away with the bronze medal this morning, and we could not be happier to, for her. Um, okay, we got a lot more to get to here on Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin. It's Bart Scott and Shay Cornette filling Shake and bake. <laughs> Calling ourselves shake and bake, you know, a little S and B. Uh, this is on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, on TV, on the ESPN app, and also on Series XM Channel 80. Much more that. on the other side when we come right back. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.